and welcome back to Unicorns and Hand Grenades, everyone. My name's Jax, and my co-host Kim and I are wrapped that you've chosen to join us in this series of real and raw conversations that we'll be having with each other and our guests, where we explore the nature of being human and embracing life in all of its brutal magnificence. We hope you enjoy this ride as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. So let's get into the conversation. Jack's here, Team Humans, and for this episode, I am riding the unicorn solo. (laughs) And I almost don't quite know how to say that without a mischievous evil giggle, given the episode we recorded first back, Stop the Bus, I Want to Get Off. I meant to be riding my damn unicorn. Actually, use riding a unicorn as a metaphor for something different in dating. It just kind of has a whole different feel to it now. But anyway, we will move through that. Kim, don't panic, is coming back. She is just practicing her own medicine and taking some time away on holiday overseas. So we thought it would be a great opportunity to try something we didn't do much of last season, but we talked about doing, which is an espresso app. A short, sharp episode, like a hit of caffeine in the morning, and we know how much we love those, which isn't an in-depth, deep dive conversation, long format like we would normally do with each other and a guest. It's more of a hit of... I guess you could call it some tips and tricks that come up from previous discussions we had. And so this particular episode, stress, overwhelm and anxiety, is the focus. Let us know what you think of the espresso apps. If we do them again, it'll be both of us just trying this out. And hey, if it falls flat as a pancake, we won't do it again. We are here for you all. And so we want to try some different stuff. Now, overwhelm, stress, anxiety, pressure, there is a lot of it going around. The environment in the world that we're living in at the moment is incredibly hard. There is always uncertainty and we're seeing it in the people that we work with. Hell, I've got friends who are really struggling with stress at the moment and it got us thinking, is there a particular tool, tip or trick that we will recommend to help shift out of that place of stress? And funnily enough, there is a concept that we will talk about with some practical things that you can do to help you avoid stress if you're in that place at the moment. And one of the things that I'm always so curious about in life, and particularly given the guests and some of the stories we have on, what is it that allows one person to move through high pressure situations without it culminating in incredible stress for them, yet another person can go through the exact same situation and be completely stressed and overwhelmed and experience it so differently. What is the differentiator? And there's some really cool research, and I know I hear you, Jax, you just said research and cool in the same sentence. Don't hit the stop button yet, because this is called research, um, by a gentleman called Dr. Derek Rogers. And he spent 30 years researching why some people feel stressed from pressure and others don't. And there's an incredible article, if you want to read it, by Nick Petrie, who I'm hoping to get on the show 
Soon, who is an expert in the field of resilience, written about this exact thing because he did some work with Dr. David Roger. And so what this article is about is it is focused around the premise that pressure isn't stress. For that exact example I used before, two people can experience the same thing. One will just get all stressed out about it. Another will move through it. Pressure isn't stress. Pressure plus rumination equals stress. So rumination is the ingredient that the research shows when added to pressure will make someone experience a stress state. And stress states we want to stay out of, we want to live life and especially move through pressure because when we're in that state, we'll be fight, flight, freeze or fawning all over the place. We'll get our nervous system activated and it's the exact opposite thing we want when we're under pressure. So let's have a little yarn about that. Now, the first thing to understand around this concept is that our stress states or our pressure don't actually come from external factors. They come from how we react to those external factors. And the reaction quite often in people who are anxious and overwhelmed, which is so common, and hell, I've sat in this space for so long, is rumination. So let's talk a little bit about rumination and what it is and why it's different than reflection, because a lot of people get these two two things confused. When we reflect, we are looking back openly with an open mindset to look at what we can learn from the past and what's happened and to look at what we can learn and take through to our future. When we ruminate, we are looking back at the past and looking to the future with negativity attached to those thoughts. And when we're ruminating, it's the same process, thought process going over and over and over. We get stuck in an incredibly destructive loop with rumination and we do it so subconsciously. And rumination actually has a really negative impact on health because obviously stress has an impact on health. The body keeps the score right. So when we're under high stress situations, we're ruminating a lot, we will find that our health will go downhill. How often do we get sick in the middle of a high stress situation? Our well-being will be impacted. Our ability to thrive will be impacted, which is why it's so important to figure out and reflect, not ruminate, on how we can get a handle on this. This piece of research, once we understand, like I've talked about, that external factors are external factors, it's how we react to them that creates rumination and contributes to stress, there are four steps that we can move through to mitigate that and allow us to step out of the stress state and deal with the pressure from a better, more grounded place. First thing, wake up. Wake up, people. Second thing, the ability to control your attention. Third thing, perspective, having perspective on the situation. And the final thing, oh, and this mofo is the hardest thing to do, is letting go. Hell, there probably wouldn't be 30 years of research needed to be done if letting go was easy. We'd all just skip straight to that step. Alas, no. 
Let's talk about those four steps in a little bit of detail, but not too much because I don't want to bore you, but I do want you to be able to walk away with something practical you can do if you are feeling overwhelmed or stressed at the moment. First step, waking up. We spend 95% of our time in a waking dream state, automatic pilot. Have you ever gotten the car and driven somewhere and thought, what the fuck, how did I get here? And not even remember which route you'd taken or started scrolling on Instagram and, oh, whoops, there goes an hour or been watching TV or in a conversation and completely zoned out to the last part of that conversation or that TV program. Rumination is what happens when we're in this destructive thought loop going over and over, past and future with negative thoughts. It happens, we don't even notice it. We are so programmed to do it if we are in that state that the only way to get out of it is to actually wake up and notice that it's happening if we are a ruminator. If you're not a ruminator and you don't experience stress, just hit stop now and join us for our next guest episode. This will hold no interest. So when we wake up, We can do that simply by clapping our hands. So if we're an automatic pilot, if our thoughts are just running off in that waking dream state, ruminating, catastrophizing, physicality helps us get out of that. Step up, go for a walk. There's a reason fitness is great for us on so many levels, but it just brings us back into our body. Sit up, stand down. Dance, hell, I do that so often in my lounge room. My dog, poor dancing partner, who cares, don't judge. Other way we can do it is through mindfulness practices. So yes, mindfulness, I'm going to talk to it. It's not for mung bean eating hippies. It's a way for us to get present. And we can do that by getting really tactile with things. Just don't get tactile in a public place with lots of people. That's a little something, something that might land you in jail and get you a little more stressed. When I say tactile, I mean uh, feel So feel the surfaces that you're sitting on. Get yourself grounded outside, feet in the grass or the sand, connected to nature. Notice through your other senses what you're noticing because when we're in autopilot, dream waking state, we don't notice stuff. Get in the present moment. What are you looking at? What are the colors? What are you smelling? What are you sensing? What are you touching? Not who are you touching? Just being very clear around that. So that's how we can wake up. Now, the third thing, controlling our attention is another way to beat rumination. And there's a really simple, practical way to do this. There's been a bunch of diagrams going around on this on Instagram. So I'll just explain it, not in a huge amount of detail. If we are ruminating all the time in that destructive, negative thought pattern, that is where our attention is. And that is where stress comes from. And it's really hard to make any positive difference or impact forward or see your way out of a pressure situation when you're in that space. So our ability to control our attention needs us, first of all, to wake up, but then to understand how much of our attention is going towards things that are completely out of control, because that is just rumination. And once we understand that, what actually is within our control and influence and how can we put our attention there, wake up, shine the spotlight on it. Simple activity. Hell, do it with your kids in the school holidays. They won't have any idea what you're doing. Get out a bit of paper. Sharpen up your crayons. It's not like you don't draw on the wall with them some days to entertain yourself. Get out the face paint, whatever works. But on a bit of paper, draw a circle. And then write a list 
beside you around all of the things that are spinning around your head on a daily basis in that that waking dream state. So what are you constantly thinking about? What's on your mind? What are you waking up at three in the morning for? Notice what you're noticing during the day in terms of your thoughts and write them down. Inside of that circle, take everything from that list that you've just written that's spinning around in your mind all day. And on the inside of the circle, place the things from that list that you have control or influence over. Then whatever's left from that list, write it around the outside of the circle. And then just step up on the balcony and have a look down on the dance floor, dance floor being the circle, and notice what you're noticing. Once you see how much stuff is on the outside of that circle that you have no control over, you have bought awareness to that. That is not where you want to put your attention. So give yourself permission to see it and to catch yourself if you're focusing your attention there. In the middle of that circle, the stuff you can control and influence, man, put your gaze on that. Because once you see it, you can't unsee it. And then once you start focusing your attention on what's in that circle you control and have influence over, that will just start to grow as you take action on it because you can take action on those things. You can't on the stuff outside of the circle. That shit we have to let go, and I'll talk about letting go in a minute. Now, the third step, perspective taking. As you all know, if you've listened to us before, I am so not a fan of sugarcoating toxic positivity. Because I think where that leads us is an inability to accept the state that we're in, to deal with our feelings, puts us under all this pressure to just be positive all the time. And that's bullshit. That's no way to live. Um, Not saying we shouldn't have gratitude for things, but I prefer instead of just turning every thought into a positive one, bringing perspective, because perspective is still our reality. It's just our reality from a different lens and it requires us to reflect and remember reflection rumination two different things so when we come to perspective in terms of this there are three things we can do to help us gain perspective like I said before if we ruminate then we will over catastrophize it's our brain trying to protect us by predicting the worst thing that could happen And we have no idea what would happen. It's a natural thing. So be kind to yourself if you get in this state. It's just how our brains are wired to work. So this awareness is powerful. Contrasting is one way to shift perspective. In our episode with Biddy Jackson, she gave the most beautiful example of this in action. She went through an acrimonious divorce. And she used the words, In fact, we entitled the episode, Being Dragged Through Hot Goals Backwards Blindfolded. And she wasn't referring to some sexy fantasy. (laughs) She was referring to her experience because in the middle of that divorce and separation, as you all know if you listened, she nearly lost her daughter to myocarditis and her daughter had to have a heart transplant. So, God, but he's the most amazing woman. She uses her experience as a contrasting marker for every other hand grenade that comes to her in life. So if the shit hits the fan on the daily, being able to bring up your worst hand grenade moment in life that you've survived gives you a powerful perspective. And so that contrasting, what's happening to me today, compare it to the worst thing that's ever happened to you, and it'll just allow you to have a little bit of contrast. Now, the other way to gain perspective 
if we're not playing the toxic positivity game, is to ask questions. Questions of powerful reflection and self-reflection, 15 minutes a day, if you do it intentionally, can give you up to 23% increased effectiveness because you become intentional about what you're trying to do. Questions to ask yourself. How much will what's happening at the moment matter to me in two or three years' time? So if you listen back to the episode where Kim and I talked about our six to 12 months hand grenades, the stop the bus, I want to get off episode, particularly when I talked about what was happening to me, three years down the track, not even going to matter a tense. In fact, even now I'm laughing at it because I've got my learnings and I can look back and go, man, that's the worst thing that can happen. But your ability to really think, is this going to matter to me in three years' time? That's great. What's the worst that could happen? Now, we're not ones for negative future scaping. We don't want to drag you into the negative. If you can ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? It allows you to get the thought out of your head that you've been catastrophizing about and down on paper. Because once you see what your brain's trying to protect you from, that's not real anyway, you can then ask yourself, how would I survive that? And what that allows you to do is to let your beautiful brain, who's ruminating and trying to protect you from catastrophizing, take the rest of the week off. Once it knows that you've thought about that stuff, it can relax. It doesn't have to keep playing it over and over. You get it out your head and onto the paper. And how how we can also reframe is... By looking at our challenge through a new angle. So reframing is a great way to perspective take. And we're a big believer of this. Hell, the whole episodes we've done up till now are about this. And every guest story, what is the opportunity in what is or has happened to me that I haven't seen yet? Every guest we've had on whose world's exploded has come out of it understanding something, even if it's a deep learning of themselves that will take them better equipped and resilient into the next hand grenade moment. So what is the opportunity in this I haven't learned yet? Because learning and growth are usually tied to challenges. We don't learn and grow unless we're pushed up against it. And it's the honest, brutal truth. If we're up for living this one wild life that we've got to its best, then let's move through it as best we can. The other thing you can do to reframe is ask yourself, what's funny about this situation? And see where you go from there. You might find nothing funny in it, but it might just change your perspective. And then the final thing, the thing that's the biggest mofo to do, Letting go, hardest but most powerful practice that we can take. And we talk about it a lot. It's this acceptance of what is. Now, this doesn't mean we bypass our emotions or we try and make ourselves skip through and like everything that's happening to us. It means that we accept that it is what it is, whether we like it or not. Then we still have the opportunity to work through, heal, and deal with the emotions, which is what so many of our episodes are there to support people on. Because from that place of acceptance, 
we can then lean into the lesson as well and figure out what action is required. So that's a little bit of a tips and tricks for managing pressure so that it doesn't turn into stress by kicking the fuck of it is rumination out the door and hope you've found that helpful and that it will make you more successful in that battle against stress because there's lots of people dealing with some hard shit at the moment. And talking about success, before I sign us off and don't go over time because it's an espresso app, last episode with Betty Jackson, our first guest episode back, we hit 24 in the Apple podcast charts. And I share that with you not to go, oh, look, we were so successful because that ain't our measure of success. This concept of vanity metrics versus soul metrics, just wanted to tease it out there with you. What are your measures of success in life? And how connected are they to your ego and a vanity metric that externally allows you to feel like you've made it compared to other people or compared to what we were brought up to think we had to do to be successful? Or is it a soul metric? And a soul metric comes from a place of knowing your why and being really intentional around how you want to show up in everything that you do. And for us, the podcast was always about, even if it only helped one person, shining a little light and sharing a little hope by bringing together incredible humans with powerful stories and connecting them so that you, our listeners, could learn from their wisdom that has their fingerprints all over it so that you could take action from what you're hearing to improve your life in some way or to share someone's story with someone else that needs to hear it and and just know that there's hope out the other side when we have to go through the tough stuff. For us, being in the charts isn't about rolling with Rich Roll in the top 25, although he's pretty good company to keep and kind of cute. It is about the fact that if we're in the charts, it means more ears are listening. If more ears are listening, it equals a greater opportunity of impact and positive ripple effect for the incredible humans and guests that come on here and have these brave conversations with us. So yeah, as you move into the rest of your week, what are your measures of success? And speaking about vanity metrics, just be aware of comparison as well. Instagram can be one of the things that we use as a distractor when we're under stress. And there's a lot of things we use as a distractor. So this is why it's so important to intentionally figure out how we handle pressure without defaulting to either soothing or avoiding. And to soothe ourselves, we often avoid if we don't know a constructive, productive way to move through pressure. Instagram, dopamine hit. Oh, by the way, don't believe you every, everything you see on your shiny, happy feed. People don't share the hand grenade moments often on there, and that's okay. That's not what it's about. At the same time, just know that no matter how shiny a feed is, no matter how curated, if people are pulling off photos that don't get enough likes and putting in pretty photos that look great on the grid, uh, not all is perfect behind closed doors. So a lot of people on that platform for a variety of reasons. So maybe also be intentional around who you're following and curate your feed so that it actually fills your soul because we need to be intentional about 
about who we hang around with, but also what content we consume. Some of our favorites, and we'll put them in the show note, and if I miss anyone off, um, we'll just keep adding you and recommending. For All the Brothers, say Mumro, shout out, Heather from For All the Brothers is coming on as our guest next week, and we can't wait to talk to her because we'll be diving into everything around mental wellness, fitness, anxiety, overwhelm, all of that stuff. So keep an eye out for her. Safe Space with Jen, Jim Wrightmates, Running for Sal, Corey Choate, uh, Road to Healing Aotearoa, Holistic Psychologist, Mel Robbins, Dene Logan, Young Pablo, and the list goes on. So just, yeah, be mindful of how you're avoiding stress and maybe try some new things. That's it for me. Over and out. Kim will be back riding the unicorn with me next time as well as Heather. So we will see you on the flip side. Take care, peeps. Bye.